Join Iron Garden as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show. Ian Garlic here. And today we're going to talk about email marketing. I think it's probably one of the most powerful tools that every business needs to be using. Um, and we're going to talk about the right way because I, I mean, you're thinking, I don't want to bother my customers. We're going to talk about the right way to do this, the wrong way to do this. And also, I think it's probably one of the most important media channels for you to own. And I've got Jared Loftus from rasa.io to talk about it today. Jared, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, Ian, thanks for having me, man. Email marketing is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> and before we get started, don't forget, you know, one of the best things to actually send out to your customers are video case stories, your, your success stories, not just testimonials, but to your prospects, you know, it's the best way to nurture them. Uh, that, and we've got 52 other ways to use video case stories. Just go to videocasestory.com to learn more. All right, Jared. So, you know, I think it's one of these things that I talk to so many agencies. I talk to so many businesses. And two things I ask them is, how big is your email list? And when's the last time you emailed them? And usually the answer to both is, I don't know. <laughs> What's that costing them? I mean, what is that doing for them? Well, I, you know, it's it's interesting because in my world, I, I hear I hear that answer, but then I also hear we email them way too much, right? Like we're emailing, we're you know, some people are on the other side of the coin where they're just emailing every single thing multiple times a day. There's no segments; they don't know who's getting what, and 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 people are just kind of you know mad at at to the point of of unsubscribing. So to to address your question. As far as what's that costing them? I mean, I look. I've I've been on different sides of email pretty much my entire entrepreneurial career. I, I started having a, a brick and mortar retail business that got into e commerce, and what we experienced even back then, this was like 15 years ago. Anytime I sent an email, we had sales, right? And so the 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 email goes out, the sales come in. Depending on how long in between sales would 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 factor into how big of a spike we'd get, but uh, but really, I think if you're not talking to your customers on somewhat of a regular basis, each company's different. Whether that's daily, weekly, biweekly, monthly, whatever. But if if you're not reaching out to them, I don't even know if you could put a price on what it costs because the world is moving so fast and social is so crowded and noisy. That if they're not hearing from you, I'd be worried about them forgetting about you because because they have so many other things competing for their 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 attention, you know. Oh, hundred percent. And I, you know, I think it's one the only channel you can really own, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing that we push, especially folks like yourself, like on podcast or. Uh, people that are influencers on YouTube or are all there's these various channels where you have. You, you don't own that list. So all the people that subscribe to your podcast, that's not a, a list that you can take elsewhere, right? All of your followers on Instagram, that's not a list you can take to another platform, right? But email, it doesn't matter where you email them from. If you've got the email list, 
then that's something you own and are in control of and can do something with. And, you know, how often should be people, A, collecting emails and B, sending to your list? You said it varies per business. And I think that's one of those big yeah, questions. I think, I think you should be collecting emails all the time, right? Like you, you should be, that, that should be a, a high priority task of whether that's at the point of sale, it's on your website as a lead magnet, it's uh, just in conversation in real life. If you're at a conference, uh, just getting those emails <clears throat> is a is an ongoing thing. It's not like a one-time thing that you stop doing, right? As as far as from as you're continuing to build your list, you also need to keep getting in touch with them because if you build your list forever and then don't send your email for a year, all those people that were that that you got a year ago probably don't remember who you are and they're, they're going to unsubscribe quickly. Right. So, so you, it, you've always got to be adding to it and then you need to be staying in touch on a regular basis. I think the, the consistency or frequency depends on what you, what you do, right? Like if you're in a world that moves fast, like you're in the, you know, with this podcast, talking to people about marketing, marketing topics, right? The marketing world never sleeps. Like there's always new stuff. You could probably get away with, with staying in touch with people on a more regular basis. If you're, um, I don't know, uh, maybe a consultant or um, somebody that does business with your customers on a irregular basis, you don't need to be getting in touch with them daily, right? You could probably get away with every couple of weeks. Sometimes people go monthly. I think that's starting to get a little far out. Um, but more than monthly, it's like, what you know, what's the point? Like people are like, oh, we, you know, email people quarterly. And it's like, well, I, they, they forgot about you. They're, they're, they're not, they're not remembering you three months later. Cause you know, especially in the world we're in today, like <laughs> think about how much happened, like think about what all happened in 2021, right? Just one, one year, all the things that happened, you, you're never going to stay in front of that. If you're, if you're not staying in touch with people. No, it, it, exactly. Exactly. And I think, so there's that question of how, you know, everyone says, well, I email my customers and they complain. I'm emailing them too much or they don't like my emails. I, how do you answer that? Because I hear that a lot too. It's like, you know, I get complainers. So I think that's, that's what we, we've tried to address with Rasa is, is, is bringing in this AI technology to help you with the the quality of your email, right? Because if you're emailing people and you've got a high unsubscribe rate or people are complaining, then it, it means that what you're emailing them probably isn't good. Like it's not relevant. It's not interesting. Nobody's complaining about the really interesting email, right? And so with, with Rasa, what we're doing is helping you determine which content goes to which person on an individualized basis. So it's like literally, like you've got, a thousand people on your email list, it's going to send out and like 1000 individual emails customized to each person based on their previous behavior to help you send what would be the most interesting email for that individual. So yeah, I'm excited about this because I honestly, I, I did some research. I looked into it. Tell me about how it works. Like, you know, what's the email sequence? What are they seeing? Is it different subject lines? How am I feeding the content? Tell me about how this works. 
Yeah. So let's go to the beginning of you say, hey, I want to send a I want to send a newsletter and start from there. So I'm going to use you as an example just because it's a uh, it, it, it's pretty straightforward on how how it would happen. So you've got people that listen to your podcast. You want to keep that list going. You remind people on the podcast to sign up for it. You send them to your website so they can sign up for it. And then from there so they're on this list and you want to keep people updated with the most like relevant marketing topics, right? You also want to make sure they get your topic, right? So are, are your content. So they're going to get your latest podcast. You mentioned these video case stories. That's something that may be out there that you pull that content in and you basically tell the platform, Hey, when there's new content here, bring that article in. Okay. So you set up a couple of feeds that are ongoing. You may set up a couple of other you know, your go-to marketing sources that you regularly read, you pull in that content. And so what we're trying to do is create a like content pool, if you will, of, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 articles that, that you've read or find interesting that you think would be good for your audience, but you're not going to share a newsletter or send a newsletter that's got 40 articles in it, right? It needs to be pared down. And that's where the AI is going to take over. That's where the Rasa platform does its thing. It looks at those 40 articles and says, okay, well, we're going to include Ian's stuff because it's most important. You've told us that it's most important. We're going to include those video case studies that, that you, that you added. And then we're going to supplement the rest from these various other articles so that, you know, Jared's going to get seven articles that are going to be most interesting to him. Ian's going to get seven articles that are most interesting to you and so on and so on. So that each person's getting what's most relevant to them, which in turn, now, now it's not about you, the sender. It's about the recipient and what they find interesting. And what does that do? That kind of, that helps to endear them to you. You're not trying to sell me something. Now you're, you're seen as somebody that's helpful and, and the, and the Rasa platform's helping you do all this in a very seamless, easy way so that it can go out on a regular basis. Cause that's, that's the thing we hear the most is people are like, I just, I don't have time. They don't want to send a bad email and they don't feel like they have time to put together a good email because it's, it takes work. Right. And so what we've tried to make it possible for you is if you'll do some work on the front end to set it up, then, then, then we can help you along the way so that you're sending out really good content. And what kind of work does it take to set it up on the front end? Uh, it's really just, you know, normal, normal setup, like look and feel your logo colors, that kind of thing. And then the content work. So you're going to, you're going to be looking at what kind of, uh, content sources, maybe you pull in Inc magazine or marketing today, or like any of these various marketing sources. Um, you could use a plugin that anytime you read an article you like, it's just going to pull that single article in. And then it's just kind of on a constant flow. And, you know, most, most of the times what we hear people say is um, they spend 15, 20 minutes right before the send to just look at the articles that are in the, in the content pool to, to make sure that everything looks good and they, and they let it rip. So, I mean, we've got people that, you know, they've been able to rededicate full-time employees to other work. Because they're not having to spend, you know, 20, 30 hours on their weekly newsletter. I mean, some people spend crazy amounts of time just to get an email together. Obviously, if people are spending the amount of time, it, it, it does stuff, you know, it, it's getting them results. 
uh, and you talked about bringing in sales. What are some of the other things that you've seen success-wise um, by all of a sudden turning on this long-term nurture and start sending out weekly emails? I think it, I think it depends on, on the type of, of business. We do a lot of business with associations and so membership groups uh, where, you know, the, the newsletter that the association sends out is this way of keeping people informed about the industry, right? And we've had multiple customers tell us that they're kind of end of year surveys of the members. What'd you find helpful? What'd you like? What'd you not like? What would you do differently kind of thing that a lot of times they will talk about like this new, whatever you did to the newsletter, we love it. The, the, it, it's, it's interesting. It's relevant. Like I find myself reading it more. And so, um, you know, not that we could pinpoint a direct dollar on that always. Some, sometimes we can, but it's that sentiment towards the association, which is going to help them to uh, register for more conferences, renew their membership. And so it's all of these kind of additional benefits that are outside of the single call to action, right? Like buy now. It's more of a, you've established a relationship with that person and, and either been helpful or guiding them in the right direction, whatever it may be. And so it's going to, you're, that foundational element of the relationship helps you to do business with them on an ongoing basis. Love it. And you know, I, I, I think this would work for, you know, you say associations, but it really works for any industry. What are some of the other industries that really need to take advantage of this? Yeah. So an, another one that we see a lot of, uh, a lot of relevance in is uh, real estate agents. So think about a realtor sells you a house well, on average, they're not selling you another house for five to seven years, right? And so them sending you listings of new homes for sale doesn't make sense. That's not relevant to you, right? They just sold you a home. But they need something that's going to keep them on the radar because they need your referral to your friend that wants to buy a house or sell a house. And then they want to sell you your next house. They want to sell the current house you're in and help you buy the next one, right? And so this is something that gives them you know, permission to be in your inbox because they're still being relevant and interesting to you around all the various aspects of homeownership, right? Like whether it's design or events for your kids or holidays, recipe, like all this various stuff. And so now you've got this newsletter that's easy for them to send out and, and they're staying on the radar of their customers in kind of like a low touch, low aggravation kind of way. Love it. And how, you know, now you, you talk about customizing, you said thousands of people and you're customizing it. How exactly does the AI do that? What are the data points that it's looking at? Yeah, it's, it's so, so the AI is not only making recommendations of the content, it's also using nat natural language processing NLP to read the content that you bring in. So you choose an article, let's say there's something from, I don't know, Harvard Business Review on great marketing concepts. When that article comes in, that NLP is gonna read the article and associate topics, keywords, concepts to that. And so then when people, when, when someone on your list reads that, it now knows, okay, those are topics that they've read about. When that content shows up again around those topics, pull that article for that person. It works on the flip side as well from reporting. So you're used to getting opens and clicks, you know? Yep. Uh, but now it's gonna tell you what are the topics of, of interest of your audience? What are people reading about 
the most. You know, you you know you're in the world of marketing, but maybe maybe you've got a lot of people interested in sales, right? Or or branding or SEO. Like there's all these different subtopics that can be kind of under the umbrella of marketing. And now if you know that, then maybe that's a podcast topic you want to hit on in the future. Or maybe that's an, a, a blog article that you want to write, you know? So there's all these things like insights that you can pick up from um, with, with, that, with that data as well. And of course, for us, video is super important. What trends are you seeing in video and email and, and this ongoing long-term nurture? Yeah, I think, you know, we're not quite there yet, but I think with AI and the ability to process, so processing the written written word is is on the kind of low-hanging fruit spectrum, right? Once you get into audio and video, you're seeing more and more of websites and and people that are using this natural language processing to to create a transcript and get it into that written word. Well, the next iteration of that's going to be like, well, if if our if you know, let's take us for example, if our AI can know what that video is about, then it can start to make recommendations of that video as a piece of content as opposed to um, you know dismissing it because there's nothing to read. So I think I think video in all of our um, in all of our experiences, whenever people bring in video as just a uh, like I put video in my newsletter. Like my I have a personal one that I send to people. It's not like a Rasa one, but it's the the Jared one. And I I I have video in it each time. And the the my open rates are crazy. My click rates are are through the roof. And I, I think it's because it feels more personal, right? They they see a person. Um, if they want to, they can just quickly listen to the video. They don't have to read anything. So I think video is always a great. Um, addition to it, I think we're still a little ways away from having like native embed of video in email yet, right? There, there's still only a few inboxes that allow for that. Yeah, and I think that'll, I think that'll increase over time. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And um, no, and you mentioned the big metrics, opens, clicks. You know, what, how are you all making sure A, you're getting into the email box, B, what trends are you seeing to get those opens and C, get those clicks? Yeah. So I, I think on two and three, it's really about, you know, relevance and, and interest. I mean, are you, are you proving yourself to be somebody that's sending something that's interesting that they want to read? Right. Um, I think as, as you can show that, your opens and, and clicks increase just naturally. But then when you add on this layer of AI to where you're hyper-personalizing to the individual, it kind of gives you this almost unfair advantage. Answer number one, I'm there. I don't think people realize how many things go into an email getting in your inbox from IP, domain re reputation, um, you know, all, like what your spam percentage is, like all of these different factors. And so <clears throat> from us, I mean, that's something that we're managing on the back end all the time as far as IP reputation. Um, well, one other piece I'll, I'll add, you, you kind of asked this earlier about subject lines and things like that. Because we're able to use the AI to make a recommendation of an article, 
if you want, some people still do their own custom subject lines, but if you want, you can make it so that the piece of content that gets recommended to the individual, that headline will get used as the subject line. So it's possible that you have individual subject lines for each person as well. Wow. And so that, you know, so that naturally can help, you know, you've only got two things that help with open, either the send from name or the subject line. That's the only thing people are seeing, right? And so if you can kind of give yourself a leg up on that, then we see an increase from that as well. And what's best practice on the open name? Should, you know, if it's coming from a company, should it come from my name or from the company? You know, I, I don't want to say, I'd say best practice is to test it. I don't, I don't think there's any one so like simple answer for everyone. Um, there, I, you know, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to emails and I study what a lot of people do. Um, there, there are some people I've seen that have a great email strategy that change the from name every time they send. So the email is the same, but the from name in the inbox changes. And it's usually something that's like something humorous or, or, or snarky as it relates to the content of the email. And so they go together that can, but if you're in like a super buttoned up kind of rigid industry where humor may not be appreciated, um, you know, like you're a financial advisor, you're, you're, you're not want to go that approach, right. Where, where you're bringing in humor all the time. So your, your send from name, you, you know, I don't know how much you want to test your send from email because that, that needs to kind of be consistent. You need to build up reputation and then you test your subject line, right. Um, and, and send time if you, if you've got that ability, um, because all of those factors like make a difference. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's, it is interesting. I love playing around with it. What's your, uh, what's your best email subject line open rate ever? And what was the subject line? Oh, oh, I don't, oh, I don't know if I know the subject line. Um, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting 60 to 65 percent open on my personal newsletter the one that i send to people wow. um granted that's like that's that's people that that opted in that know me that are looking for it i send it every two weeks um <clears throat> you know if people want to check it out and just understand what it is it, you can go to like rock so it's rasa.io slash interesting times um there may be a dash in between interesting and times but that's my new, that's my newsletter. And you can see what I do there. Like it's got a video from me with like an intro message and then things that I've personally read over the last two weeks. And so, um, I, so that's less about the subject line at that point. I think, I think that affects it maybe a couple percentage points, but, but I've, I've established this, like I've been doing it for almost two years now as something that it's every two weeks, they kind of know what to expect. And, um, and, and I've stuck to it, you know, I, and, and there have absolutely been weeks where I'm like, oh, I don't like, I forgot to put some articles in, right. Or I don't want to do my intro video or, you know, I go a little bit above and beyond it, it's way easier, but I'd also suggest that because I put the effort into it, I, I get a good outcome as well. For sure. And you know, what is the best, cause email newsletter, like I always tell clients, you know, I, I go to someone's website and it's like subscribe to our email newsletter. And I'm like, that is the worst opt-in message ever for an email newsletter. Right. Who right. wants more email? 
yep. but obviously you're promoting email newsletters and I think they're super important. How are you getting people, you know, to opt in? What are some of the tricks that you're using right now to get people to opt into the newsletter? Yeah, I think so. One thing that I've noticed a lot of, um, a lot of newsletters that I've been signing up to just to kind of understand what's going on in that world. Uh, one, you're seeing a lot of like journalists and, and people from other, other medias go into newsletter, like newsletters, are their main form of getting the word out because they don't control the algorithms on social. They don't know how much they're being seen by people, but with email, as long as they're keeping their, their send reputation up, like they're getting these emails to their, their audience. Right. But what they're doing is more of them I've found are, um, are, are kind of claiming their numbers. I don't, I don't know how accurate they are. I'm not going to go to that. But it'll say, hey, in the beginning, welcome to the 692 people that have joined the newsletter since last time. You're now in the, the 52,604 that received this on a weekly basis to get the most up-to-date marketing news to keep you on top of your game, right? Like that's more compelling than, hey, will you sign up for my newsletter? Because one, it gives you validation. You're like, oh, wow, there's like, there's a lot of people that get this, right? And and there must be some validity there. Um, and and it and it's more exciting when, if you, if you like tell them what they're gonna get, as opposed to just sign up for this thing and maybe you'll get something this week. I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll be a few months. You don't really know what to expect. Love it. Love it. And I mean, I, I think that's, I mean, you know, specific, it's good copywriting specificity. Yeah. It's, it's more, it's more about the copywriting, I think, than anything of, of just, you know, be, you know, would you, would you put on a product page? Like, Hey, buy this product. You know, it's going to like, you're going to give them something like you, they can see it. You know, that's another thing is maybe letting people see other versions of the newsletter or what's going to be in the newsletter, that kind of thing. You know, when people know what they're signing up for, um, it's a, it's a lot easier because on one hand you would think like, man, who's signing up for email? Like, isn't everybody over email? Don't we get, (laughs) don't we get enough emails yet? There's this whole industry of people in the newsletter world that are, that are getting like really significant numbers. I mean, 50, 75, hundred, hundreds of thousands of people that sign up for a newsletter, but it's because they're putting out something that's quality. Yes. You know, what's the best way to, with a podcast of putting that together into a newsletter? I think, I think podcast, uh, podcasters kind of have a, have a leg up because you already have content, right? Yeah, and yeah. most of the podcasters I talk to are like, yeah, but I'm so busy on my podcast. I, I don't have, I don't have the time to like do this other stuff. Well, we're, we're making it possible to say, Hey, look, plug in your feed for your, for your podcast, plug in the feed for maybe any articles that you do post on your website. And then, you know, you're reading stuff throughout the course of the week. Like you can't be a, a person in the marketing world staying on top of stuff without coming across content that you find to be relevant. So just pull that stuff in. Just like hit the Chrome plugin so it puts it into your into your Rasa content pool. And then that'll build up and 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 then it's you know, it's as easy as set it and forget it, or it's as much work as kind of what I do where I put in a personal intro message to, to each newsletter that goes out. But even then it's like two paragraphs. I'm not, I'm not writing like books, you know, 
Because I think people just sometimes are like, oh, it's it's too much work, or I, don't, I can't write copy, or I don't have time. We, we've kind of eliminated those barriers for you on saying, no, look, we're going to, what people find to be the hardest part, the content, like the meat of the email, that's what we're helping you with. You can go to the website and get a demo. I'm sorry, not a demo. You can sign up for a free trial, no credit card needed. You can see exactly what it is with, uh, with, with very little ever. I was just about to ask you, how do we get signed up? Uh, so yeah, go to Rasa.io. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and we'll put the link for sure down below if you're watching this on YouTube. And we'll put a link to Jared's uh, newsletter. So I hope you get some yep. sign-ups there. I want to check it out, see what you're doing. Now, yeah. uh, you know, this whole season is about marketing stories. And obviously, you've been doing this for quite some time. What's your craziest email story ever? <laughs> craziest email story. Oh, shoot. Craziest uh, email you sent or response? Because you get some weird responses, too. Man, I get I get the crazy. So... I'm going to go back in time. I'm not going to go to, to current day because it, so this, uh, the brick and mortar business in, uh, selling like e-commerce merchandise and whatnot was collegiate merchandise. Okay. In particular, uh, Louisiana state university, LSU fighting tigers, purple and gold t-shirts, things like that. And so it like, it just never ceased to amaze me on, how like one ups and downs, like wins and losses would really affect business, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how dare us try to sell some t-shirts after a loss, right? Because we, you know, like I, I got, we got bills to pay. I can't, I can't like not try to sell stuff. So there'd be times where, you know, they would have a terrible game, like lose the last second of the game or a bad call or something crazy. And we had something scheduled to go out where just people would blast us. I mean, like, what are you doing trying to sell shirts? Like, they can't even win a game. And, like, they're taking it out on me. Like, I had part of the, like, something to do with the coaching strategy, right? And so I learned very early on that when you've got a sizable list, right, when you're sending tens of thousands of emails in a, in a certain go, somebody on that list is having a bad day. Somebody on that list just had like something bad happen to them, right? And every now and then, that person clicks reply and says things that they probably wouldn't have ever said at any other moment but because you caught them right then. That's what they said. And um, I made a mistake of trying to reply to those in the beginning, and I've learned, you know what? Just let like let them let them have their moment. It's better than on Facebook or Instagram where it was a public comment and people pile on at least like it was sent directly to you and you can just kind of like slowly walk away. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and you have to, you have to acknowledge them when they send them to you, but I've learned you don't, you don't get into the, you don't get into the back and forth with them. It's just, I just assume they had a bad day and move on. So did most of those people unsubscribe or did they say subscribed? Well, what's crazy is they would stay subscribed. You would think like, oh my gosh, I pissed this person off. Like they're, they're, they're leaving, you know, and, and then they stick around. And so that's, that's kind of where I developed that, you know, theory that they were just having a bad day. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. That really, that's entertaining.
And uh, Jared, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll make sure to check out Rasa Dido. I really appreciate you coming on and telling us all your email strategies. Yeah, Ian, I appreciate you having me. And thank you all for uh, taking Jared and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 